Welcome to a um, April Fool's edition of the Week in Wire. Baseball opening day edition. That too. Um, Chris Beard headed to UT edition as well. Yes. Huge news. We are excited uh, about Long Island. I thought that was a joke for a while. <laughs> but um, interesting timing, yeah. Like Roy yeah. Williams hiring and that too. Like it all just kind of like – I guess like it's the first of the month, so it makes sense because I feel like a lot of like business stuff is yeah. done first and thirty first, but still, you shouldn't uh, do anything on April first. Yeah, like, big news uh, like that. Yeah, do it March thirty first. Uh, regardless, <laughs> um, we have some NBA to talk about as always. Um, NBA is going to step into the spotlight here after March Madness wraps up, but um, wanted to focus on two teams mainly today. Um, and then hit the Suns and JJ Reddick's rant about, and, and my rant. Scathing rant. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, we'll see whose rant is worth scathing, his or mine. But um, uh, yeah, so I wanted to hit that at the end. But we're going to start with the Clippers today, who, um, yeah, are, are standing pat. They are third in the West right now. A um, couple games back behind the Suns. I think they're, I think they're, Two and a half back, three. Yeah, off the top of my head, like that. Um, So, um, yeah, (laughs) the Clippers are sort of cast aside by the national media um, after their bubble collapse, which which I guess is fair. Um, But there's also this opposing school of thought that a lot of weird stuff happened in the bubble. Um, And A lot of people attribute that that to the Heat run. I think we are, if you listen to our episodes back then, we were definitely very supportive of the Heat, and I don't think either of us think that was a fluke. So, um, yeah. So that's that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, I think I think maybe, you know, Paul George said he was really impacted by the bubble. It's th- little things like that. It's not really. Well, I mean, like you also have to remember that Harold and Lou Williams weren't even in the bubble for like the first 10, 14 days. That too. That too. Um, the jazz missing Bogdanovich, uh, yeah. lot, lot, lots of guys opted out that people just seem to forget because all the flurry of news we're getting back then. And uh, people are more focused on this season, but yeah. Um, so yeah, they collapsed. Um, the bubble is no excuse for it. I don't think they had every opportunity to win one of those last three games. They're up by 15, I think in each one. Yeah. At least. Um, yeah. Game seven just got ugly towards the end, but um, I mean, even in game seven, I think they had like a double digit lead. Yeah, they had a double digit lead in the first half, pretty sure, and then they got down like fourteen with two minutes left, and it was just over. But um, yeah, the the belief in the Clippers is is pretty much gone away. Um, I don't know of anyone that I uh, either listen to or um, look at their Twitter accounts or read that is still a big believer in them. There's a lot of, I, I don't even see them talked about as like a, like a favorite team out of the West. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like yeah. people are just either all Lakers or all, um, jazz, all, all jazz a little bit. Um, it's yeah. still mostly the Lakers. And then on the East, you've got the majority being Brooklyn, still a few on the Sixers, but um, the Bucks kind of fell out as well. No one, no one likes the Bucks. Yeah, the, no one likes the Bucks, but they've been looking good lately. We'll yeah. probably get that in an episode soon if they continue to rack up these wins. But um, on the Clippers, yeah, I, I don't think we should really cast them aside like this yet. Um, and they have a lot of talent. I think the 
the trade that they made with Lou Williams um, actually has some, some, I guess, some deeper meaning to it. Um, I don't think it was just, I think potentially it was more about getting more minutes for Kennard um, and Terrence Mann than it was about um, acquiring Rondo. Because I think Rondo's value that you're going to get with him is sort of a leadership thing and teaching these point guard skills, which never really goes away. Um, and that, that's something that even if the athleticism fades and the shooting fades and, and what we've seen from him, and that's, that's definitely been true. I mean, I guess the shooting was never great, but the athleticism, the athleticism and speed, passing, like defense, it's, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, started, it's been fading away for him for quite some time, but he's been able to teach these point guard skills. Um, I think the, Yes, the Clippers not having a point guard is sort of an issue, but I, I do think that um, Reggie Jackson is someone who gets overlooked um, a lot in that regard, and he was he was pretty good against this against the Bucks team on Monday. Um, without Paul George, they were able to get Kennard going, Morris going, Terrence Mann going, um, Jackson and Zubots. Uh, which is not typical for this Clippers team. Usually you're not seeing these balanced scoring numbers out of them. It's a lot of PG, a lot of Kawhi, and then like somebody goes guy. off. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one other guy getting hot. Sometimes it's Morris getting hot from three, but it, you're, you're very unlikely to see that, like five players with, I don't know, 14 plus points in a game. And the, in this Bucks game, they were, able, they were able to do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, that trade and, and what it might mean? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I know you mentioned Reggie Jackson, and uh, I'm being the, the stats guy today. Um, <laughs> I haven't been able to watch a lot of basketball. Um, but Reggie Jackson uh, is in a lineup that has played a significant amount of possessions uh, for the Clippers this year, 157 of them. Uh, and in the lineup with Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Serge Ibaka, uh, which I think could potentially be a lineup that uh, the Clippers close games with, down the stretch uh, of some playoff games. Uh, in that lineup, he uh, they are plus 32. They're scoring 138 points per 100 possessions. That's, that's, those, up. that's a Nets number right there, 138. Yeah. When you're hitting that upper limit of 140, you yeah. don't see that. So. And they're only giving up 106.3 points uh, per 100 possessions. Yeah. That is absurd. Um, and he's on another lineup, which has played 168 possessions, which is a plus 6.4. Uh, he is going to have to take, I think, a pretty big role because I don't know how much you can play Pat Beverly down the stretch mm -hmm. in some of these games. Um, and, and that is, like, at least from the numbers point of view, that is impressive. Uh, it's over a fairly large sample size, so I feel pretty confident saying that, like, it's a lineup that works. Um, and, and that is going to be huge for them. And I feel like you can kind of plug in Rondo into a similar looking lineup and maybe you give away some of the shooting, but I feel like the defense probably just goes up, if anything. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Reggie Jackson might be the answer between those three. Um, we'll see what Rondo does, but I, th I think Beverly has sort of been someone who's providing uh, diminishing returns for a little while here. Not a good shooter either. Um, the Clippers are still the best three-point shooting team in the NBA um, right now, and and they are on pace to be the best, the second best three-point shooting team ever. Um, at least it's actually sort of surprising because Kawhi's kind of taking a step back in terms. Of yeah, it, it, I mean they they do they do have 
pretty solid shooters across the board. There's not really that one guy that's sort of a shooter. Yeah, there's no one that you'd be like, oh, that's a top five shooter. Yeah, if you had to pick, it would probably be Kennard, but even he probably. is like, it's not, you don't really think of him as like a just shooter anymore. Um, he, he's added some more skill to his game. And that was someone that they, that, um, that it felt like they really overpaid over the summer um, and him getting more playing time. He's really good in this Bucks game against a team who has a lot of versatile defenders. Um, Terrence Mann um, plays really hard. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the um, talents of Terrence Mann, I suggest you uh, look into him a little bit because he's, he's definitely been one of my favorite role players of the past two years. Um, yeah, he, he had a pretty memorable bubble game um, versus the Blazers where Dame, Dame was going crazy and they the, Clip, the Clippers had kind of pulled all their stars and they won anyway because of Terrence Mann hitting some threes at the end. Um, that that was that was when that was the game when afterwards Paul George and Dame were going at it on Twitter. Um, so if you remember that one, but um, yeah, the Clippers just have a collection of these role role guys um, that are going to be able to take, especially on the wings, who are going to be, be able to take some of those Lou Williams minutes. And um, Lou is also someone who other teams were able to target in the clutch a lot, attacking him on defense. Um, the Lakers did it very memorably in one of, I think, their last regular season game versus the Clippers before the NBA uh, shut down. Um, towards the end, they were just doing LeBron, pick and roll, get the switch on Lou, and just take him to the rim. Um, and, yeah, there's just nothing nothing the Clippers could do about it, despite having Kawhi and PG. Because... Um, a lot of times, you a lot of times versus these teams, you see it in these games. You have you have to switch, or else you're gonna, or else you're gonna give up something else. So um, teams are kind of, it's definitely become a bigger part of NBA defense. But um, I think I think something that um, could have been lacking with the Clippers this year was a lack of an energy guy, and I think uh, Terrence Mann sort of brings that. Um, maybe it's it's a little different coming from a wing spot than being a center like Carroll was for them, but. Um, he's someone that's going 100 miles an hour um, all the time all the time and it's, it's really fun to watch and when, when they're when the Clippers are hitting their threes it's like the Jazz they're really hard to stop um, you still have Kawhi and PG at the end of these games who are going to be able to hit clutch shots and I, I don't think we should be um, sort of looking past them as a contender in the West especially with how the Lakers have looked um, with all their injuries Andre Drummond came into the game got injured last night I think he like broke his toenail it looked horrible but um, he immediately um, comes in and basically plays like 12 minutes I think and get gets subbed out because he messed up his foot really bad but um, yeah so there, there's there's some room to be made in the west I'm not i'm not saying that they're going to grab the one seed or anything because the jazz it seems like they pretty much have that locked up they're on a seven game win streak right now but yeah, it's um, crazy. yeah unless the suns maybe maybe uh, i don't see it but i don't see it either <laughs> really, i would love for that to happen because yeah. i'm i'm sure we'll discuss this soon but i, I put it on uh, put on a bet on the suns to win their division <laughs> which includes the lakers and clippers and warriors and um, who's the fifth team? It's Kings. Uh, Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. Who are who are far behind, but probably probably still the best division in the league. So um, yeah, all things considered. Well, outside yeah. of maybe that that Boston Philly. Yeah, the Atlantic. The Atlantic is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it but, yeah, it's probably the Atlantic now with the Nets being what they yeah. are. So, um, but there was a point where all all of those teams were over five hundred, just like yeah, like twenty games into the season. 
Well, yeah, because I mean, the Kings were playing so well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did talk about it. So, um, but on the Clippers side, um, what do you think about potential playoff matchups? Because it's kind of it's kind of time to start thinking about this stuff. Yes. Um, it's always That's really favorite. Fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We always we we. I feel like last year towards the end we we were talking about this every single episode. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's always really fun to think of these matchups. But I, I've I've I wrote down three teams that they could potentially play in the first round. Um, yes. The Suns, Nuggets, and Blazers. So we're just gonna take you through each and see what we think. So let's start with your Suns. What What are you? How are you feeling? Funds are interesting. Uh, it's an interesting challenge because we, in theory, have really good wing defenders uh, in Jay Crowder, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson's taken pretty big strides. We just added Tory Craig, who's been really good, uh, and is another just body to throw at the, the Marcus Morris's, the Kawhi's, the Paul George. Um, so in theory, we match up pretty well against some of these guys. Uh, I think... The X factor for that series is gonna be how does Aiton uh, play against Subach? Because I think that might I think Aiton might be the X factor for the Suns <laughs> all the time. Yeah. In general. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yes. think that if he can dominate Zubot, then it's no that question that I think we way. can beat them. Yes. Um, yeah. I think we have all the other talent. I think Booker's shown that he can score on these guys. He's not worried about Paul George mm-hmm. defending him. Um, Chris Paul is, I mean, as crafty as ever. He's, Who would you rather have in crunch time, Chris Paul? Right. Anybody else? That's the thing. Dan and so, and the other two. Exactly. And so I think in a lot of ways we match up well. I think we have the shooting to kind of go toe for toe with them. Uh, my biggest worries is, is that the shooting can be streaky at times. Um, and it has been this season. There's just been some games against some bad teams that we've lost because we can't make a three. Uh, and, and when the threes aren't going down, uh, the offense struggles a little bit. It's, it's sort of a, a three-point oriented team in a way just because outside of Booker and Chris Paul, you're, you're talking about guys that are their shooters, right? You know, Crowder, uh, Mikhail, Cam, like they're all just kind of shooters. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we might struggle from from that point of view. And then also, again, like Aiton just needs to have such a big impact against mm-hmm. Zubac, who is a guy that he should be dominating, but he's struggled against physical centers. Uh, Zubac is, is a fairly physical center. Um, and so I, I think that's my biggest worry. Uh, I, but defensively, I think that we should match up pretty well against him. Uh, we looked really bad in the first uh, half, I think it was, in the first game that we played against him. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. Then they, they came back. Well, I, we came back from like down thirty. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Yeah, and so we came back from down thirty, and I think they like the Clippers ended up winning, but it was like a high point game, maybe yeah. something like that, because of free throws at the end. So like, it was a close game. Um, but again, like the Clippers just got hot from uh, from three, and when they do that, like there is just no way that you can stop this yeah. team uh, because they they just have so much firepower. Uh, so, yeah, I, that, that's my biggest worry is that there are a couple games where Suns aren't hitting anything, the Clippers are hitting, and, and that just kind of takes away the series just like that, and, and it can just change things so quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I think on paper, I think we match up probably the best out of the three teams that you mentioned, definitely better than the Blazers. Um, Denver is sort of like a weird wild card for me right now. Um, yeah, that series but, would be <laughs> – Especially with Aaron Gordon, I, I would love to see that. Um, 
I think I think with Jay Crowder could help a lot against uh, Ibaka and yes. potentially Morris. I think that's a big get because I think he's I think you would probably put him on the level of those two right yeah. now. Um, and he, he's someone who can definitely get hot, hot and cold. And a guy that I didn't even mention, Dario Saric as well. Like he comes in off the bench. Yeah. I think we might Back actually have. Yeah. yeah, I think we might have a little bit more depth there. At least like quality depth. I think arguably we have the better quality depth than the Clippers right now. Yeah, at the, if yeah, if if Aiton's not playing well, the and the Suns feel like they can just outscore the Clippers, they could go five out with uh, Sarah. Switch shoot, it up, shoot, force Zubac to come out. I'm already yeah, that. yeah, have Chris Paul run things. It's not a bad strategy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think I think that one could really go either way. Um, and I guess defensively. Who's on PG? Who's on Kawhi? I'm assuming Bridges would be on Kawhi. Bridges. I think they would put Bridges on Kawhi and, and put Jay on uh, um, Jay on PG. Okay. On PG. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, on to the Blazers. Um, so there's Dame. Yes. There's CJ. <laughs> um, there is now Norman Powell. Who's an interesting addition? They still got Nurkic, who I think could be a problem for Aiden. Um, and oh, if they if they play the Suns or if they play the Clippers. Um, if they play the Suns, sorry, but yeah, yeah, we are talking we are talking about the Clippers. I don't know why yes. I was, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Clippers Blazers. Um, yeah, Dane. This one, I don't know, because I think, yeah, the Blazers, the obvious point to make here is that the Blazers are not going to be able to stop Kawhi and PG because they really have no one who can defend them. But I would argue that there's not going to be a lot of resistance for Dame and CJ, who knows? I think Nurkic probably has the advantage inside over most of those guys. Yeah. This one's hard. I'm leaning towards the Clippers for sure just because of the talent. Um, Yeah. But I think Dame could make himself heard. This is not a playoff matchup that we've seen. Yeah, um, weirdly enough. <laughs> in the two iterations of these teams, we haven't seen it. Um, so, um, yeah, this, this one's a little harder. I, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards the Clippers just because I, believe, I have a big belief in Kawhi um, to sort of dominate their, their uh, defensive guys on the Blazers that would be guarding him. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a, a Blazers team that I think can take a couple games off the Clippers, but I struggle. I just struggle to see it for doing it four times. Um, you know, like Dame would just have to play like one of the best series that like anyone's played in recent history, I think, to, to make it happen. Because like CJ, I think, might struggle. Um, he's probably going to have like a healthy dose of, of PG guarding him. Yeah, and CJ, the size, the size yeah. thing that kind of becomes an issue there. Yeah. And the, I just, without like a consistent third, like wing scoring option, I just don't see it. And Norman Powell's like on the smaller side too. He's essentially, they're both essentially two guards. So like, I, I just don't, I, I don't know if they can score and keep up uh, with, like how much they'll probably struggle on the defensive side of the uh, of the game against the Clippers. I just don't know if they can keep up. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely lean towards the Clippers there, um, despite the Nurkic thing and the Dane thing. But because uh, I, I think honestly, you could 
maybe even experiment with putting PG on Dame and just yeah. living with the other guys. And I think if they do that, that's that's going to be really, really hard for um, the Blazers to overcome. But yeah. the Nuggets matchup is super interesting, both for the Suns, which we talked about a little bit, um, and the Clippers. But since we're still on the Clippers, uh, we can do both, but we'll do Clippers yeah. first. Um, the Aaron Gordon thing, and we'll talk about this because I have I have some stuff on the Nuggets in a second, but um, it 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 just creates a lot more flexibility for the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray struggled this season, um, but he's he's someone that we've seen raise his game in the playoffs. So uh, maybe the Nuggets aren't worried about that internally. Um, I think I think it's fair to ask if he can if he can step it up like that again because the level he was playing at in the bubble on that. The, on the way to the West, Western Conference Finals was just so high. And it was yeah. – <laughs> like, I, th- I think people are forgetting, like, just how ridiculous it was. Um, he had, what, three 50-point games in the first round? Yeah. Like, and then the second round, he was great. Yeah. Um, Jokic was a little – Jokic was really, like, the, the star in the second round for the team, I think. But second yeah. round, he was still able to get out of that series and just played his ass off. Um, yeah. I think that Jokic – Definitely presents some problems for the Clippers. Um, Big. We've seen it. Um, yeah. We've seen it with, with Montrez Harrell. We talked about this so much with him and Doc, <laughs> and who to play Zubac versus yeah. Harrell. Um, but I, I don't think that they're really going to have a solution for Jokic, even if it is Ibaka. Um, I think um, I think they got to put Kawhi on Jokic like, right from the start, to be honest with you. Like that's the only thing that even came close to working last year. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, weirdly enough, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Jokic. Yeah, could Jokic? I, I, Kawhi is so strong that I don't even think Jokic could really have that much success posting up. He would have to do yeah. those little like flip shots that he does. And yeah, I, I guess you kind of live with those. And you, you'd but, live with that rather than him just kind of picking. Rather than him apart. just like creating and lobbing to Aaron Gordon, yeah. Porter Jr. Um, Murray obviously can have some success. Um, yeah, the Kawhi. I think Kawhi you can put like makes me think about it a little more because if you because if you ask me right now, I'd probably take the I would probably take the Nuggets. Really? Yeah. Oh, I I still have the Clippers. I think because I I just don't think that Jamal is going to play at that same level that he was at last year. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah, like as amazing as Jokic is right now, I think. Well, to me, the main thing is that, like, I, I know, like, Aaron Gordon coming in is – and I saw a lot of talk on Twitter that he's sort of, like, this Jeremy Grant replacement, and I just don't buy that on the defensive end. I think he – Yeah, no, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. And, like, I just don't think people understand, like – well, I, I don't think people appreciated how much Jeremy Grant slowed down Kawhi last year. And I think when you take that away, I think it's a problem for Denver that you just can't – Get back from no yeah that's a good point i'm definitely i'm definitely like really close on it um yeah I, i'm just i'm just giving the edge to Jokic just because the mvp thing and I yeah think, yeah I think he would probably have the potential to be the best player in the series still oh yeah um, and um yeah pg probably gonna play better you would hope than he did last year in this series. Um, yeah, he needs to. <laughs> and Michael Porter Jr. Interesting um, uh, subplot because he he had he had twenty seven points and four dribbles versus the Hawks. Um, 
which when the first game a clay corner, stat line yeah it's like a clay pretty much um just he was just gunning from the corner because when they had gordon moving around he was just able to get open so often um and yeah two two teams with pretty good benches as well um i think the clippers side of that is definitely a little better but um yeah, it would it would be it would it would be super interesting, but that 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 Suns Nuggets matchup it, like is so interesting to me that I think we have to talk about it. Okay, uh, who do you have? First of all, I'm curious. <laughs> it's so I guess I, I guess I have to take the Nuggets because of Aiden. Yeah. I don't think Aiton can can handle Jokic. I just don't. I I don't think Jokic can handle Aiton. He's um... like physically. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, like, yeah, he's I mean, had that's... really good stat lines against Denver. It's a big guy. I... Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, against yeah. Utah, I think he would really struggle. Like, Aiden would really, really struggle. But against Denver, I don't know. I think he'd be okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. Jokic is not really – it's hard. Because I think <laughs> the CP3 Murray thing – I guess you give the. I guess like you have to give the edge to CP3 just because it's just more impact, yeah. Experience and all of that. Um, I think I think Booker would probably light him up. Yeah, that would be my main concern. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I also I also think that that Bridges, unless you're putting him on Murray, you probably put him on Murray. Yeah, but yeah, Murray's been cooking. Would you? You would put him on Murray. You wouldn't put CP3 on Murray. No, no, you probably put CP3 on, on, the, on the two, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is so like, I, I, I'm not sure who they would play it to. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about it now, and I don't. It's like they could go bigger, right? Like they could I play guess like it's, Aaron uh, and MPJ. I don't think it's Composo. Maybe it's like no Barton. No, no, no. They just start him for the series because they don't they don't have Harris anymore. So, um, right. I I don't know, man. Um, it, like defensively, it becomes weird. Yeah, like you said, because like. I would assume Crowder would be on Aaron Gordon. Uh, yeah, that that's that's a I, I'd feel good about that. Um, yeah, if I, was, if I was a Suns fan, yeah, I'd feel good about that. Um, so yeah, it it becomes. Yeah, I just I just have a lot of belief in Jokic based on last year. Um, yeah, and what he what he was able to do, and he's um, even better now. He's even better. Yeah, I just think. Yeah. I don't know. I I, the, I do, and it's also Aiton. I I still have some questions. <laughs> So many. <laughs> I'll never get over the Luca thing. I just can't. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> like um, the, the funny thing is that like on Twitter you can go and like one night it's like, oh my god, Aiden is like the next coming. He's better than Luca. He's gonna lead us to a championship. And then the next night it's like, dude, like why are you playing him? Play Sarge like all the minutes. Right. And it's just I've never seen a player like that. That's so up and down. Yeah. Insane. So yeah. I don't know. I think CB3 has unlocked him a little bit, but um, it's still yeah. a work in progress. <laughs> it's a pain. Yeah, it'd be the first playoff run for the Suns. I, you know, it's just kind of like it's mostly the Oakland thing. But yeah. Um, all right. Now, anyway. The thing is that we do have experience in terms of like Crowder just went to. A no, yeah, y'all do. Y'all do have some guys who made some runs, but yeah. like I most of the team, team, it's yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on to the Nuggets a little bit more here. Um, uh, Aaron Gordon, we talked about last week. Um, oh, actually, we should mention, I forgot to say this about the Clippers. They just signed 
DeMarcus Cousins, or, or at least Oof. heavily considering it. I don't think they officially did yet. And that, if they do that, I, they go into the danger zone for me. <laughs> that is just – I mean, I don't even know, like, what the thinking is. Because it, I, I understand that they're, like, thin at center, but, like – yeah. You don't want that. Like, you couldn't have made a run at Drummond. Like, you couldn't have made, like, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like, even, like, Gord, a guy like Gorgie Dang, uh, who the Spurs picked up, I think would have been. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. No, would have been much better than Cousins. Yeah, 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 I think it's not even a debate. Um, yeah. And the Cousins, the chemistry thing, the Clippers are already pretty fragile chemistry-wise, I would say. I think getting yeah. Lou out of there helps a little bit. But Rondo has his own things, so I just don't know. I think I think Rondo and Cousins having them on the same team with PG is like – and with Kawhi not being the leader, which he's not. Um, Someone's going to fight. Yeah. I think, <laughs> Throwing I think, Patrick Beverly in there is not good. If that happens, I'm going to be sour on them in, for the rest of the season. because It would I, be entertaining, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to pick them in a playoff series yeah. if that happens. I just don't, like, I just think he, he's becoming, like, Dwight, like, before he joined the Lakers the second time, where he just becomes yeah. this, like, cancer to every single team. It just seems like, like, the fact that he, I get I, I guess Houston was tanking, but they were like, we have no need for you, like, anymore. After they, like, after they, they acted like it was this big signing in the offseason. And Houston's obviously a dumpster fire, but, I mean, I don't both both NFL and NBA, but I and, and their MLB sign, team. right? Like, like don't uh, sign the guy that Houston signed, right? Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I, I uh, it, it, I, I will be very sour on them, but if that happens, but okay, Nuggets. Um, in Aaron Gordon's Nuggets debut, that they destroyed Atlanta. Um, Gordon brings something to them that's very important, which is the concept of switching screens. Um, they were able to do it a lot in this game versus the Hawks, and that's not something that they usually do a lot, a whole lot. Um, the Nuggets don't. Um, and Gordon back-cutting, doing all that stuff, going in for lobs, that's just going to be awesome for Jokic. Um, it creates more space, especially for poor junior who benefited from that greatly in this game, as I've talked about before. Um, I sort of already hit a lot of my nuggets points, but um, they're in this game, they're, they're core four, which is now Murray, Jokic, Gordon, and Porter jr. Had a net rating of 42 in this game um, plus 42. So that's, Really impressive. Um, you don't see that a lot, especially it's a pretty good Atlanta team who has who has made some strides recently. Um, and this is the best they've looked all season. We've sort of been talking about um, them making a run here in the second half of the year for a while now, and this could be what they needed to start that and maybe move up in this seating a little bit, maybe get to four because it seems like. Seems like the top three are pretty much locked in right now, um, with More or less. with Utah, uh, Phoenix, and the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers drop if the Demarcus Cousins things goes horribly. <laughs> Not out of the question, but um, <laughs> yeah, the Nuggets. There is sort of the fear that they could even drop to the seventh seed, and I, I don't think that's really going to happen anymore. Um, and this could be the start of the run, start of a really good run for them. Um, 
there this this better offense can really this better offense with Gordon can really patch up some of the damage that's being done by some of their more inconsistent players, which is Will Barton, PJ Dozier, Composo. Oh, you're I love Dozier. To, to answer your question about um, who's starting at the two for Denver, it could be Dozier. That's who I would that's who I would want. Yeah. Because he he was pretty good in playoffs last year. So I don't know if I'd want CP3 on Dozier. Big? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe too big. But like, yeah, he kind of posts like, up. Yeah, but like, I don't know if he'd be able to like actually post him up because like CP3 actually plays post ups pretty well. So I don't know. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't even think they would start Dozier just because I don't think he gets very many minutes anymore. But I, I think he's definitely better than Composo. They they probably start Barton. Um, I think they're starting Barton. Yeah. Um, so now we, we talked about Embiid being the MVP after that jazz game, super memorable, but now it's sort of seeming like, despite uh, my take on it, at least is 76ers were able to stay number one in defense, even after Embiid left, which is a huge knock on his MVP case. In my opinion, yeah. I think, I think that, that I didn't know that until, uh, I think probably Tuesday when I was doing research for this. Um, uh-huh. I, I think that, that that puts a real damper on his case. And I, I, if you ask me right now, I'd say Jokic, despite Embiid supposedly coming back this weekend. Um, but I, I, I'm still I'm giving the nod to, to Jokic right now, especially if they have the potential to go to be moving up in the standings um, after this Gordon trade. Yeah, um, I mean, I, like I, I've been on the Jokic train all year, man. So like you're preaching to the choir right now, but um... – yeah, I, I guess um, it, it, yeah, like with how good the Sixers have, have still looked um, without Embiid, I think it's tough to to give him the nod, especially like a clear nod over a Jokic that is like this dominant. Like you look at almost any advanced stat, and yeah. like Jokic is ahead. Well, this um, this year you're just not gonna have someone who's the clear favorite. That's been- right. Like we we've known that for a while, and um, my thinking about the Embiid thing, I mean, we both had Jokic to win at the beginning of the year, and both felt pretty good about it. Um, and my thinking of the Embiid thing was that people are not going to want to vote for uh, some Serbian dude who plays in Denver over yeah. uh, Embiid, loud, brash, you know, does what he does, being the Fun one on in the East. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's, he has a giant media following, and Jokic just just not that guy. So that that was sort of my thinking behind it. Um, but Jokic is starting to gain some more traction here, especially after the, the lay media. Um, LeBron uh, sort of faded away after, mm-hmm. after he got that high ankle sprain. But uh, – yeah, I feel good about Jokic, and you mentioned the advanced numbers, and he is just all over that. So yeah, he's crushing um, it, man. He's, yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's um, unbelievable. And, and like, I mean, it's not like the raw numbers are bad, right? Like the raw numbers kind of pop that at you anyways, mm-hmm. and then you have that uh, all the advanced stats. And it's, I, don't know, I think it's just hard to beat. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, the, the narrative vote will play a factor, no doubt, and. It's tough to convince people about, yeah, like you said, this this guy that is a little bit quiet and like you know he's he's a fun guy. Like you know when you see like post game stuff from him, like he definitely seems like he has a personality, but like, yeah, it doesn't come out like in beats. In it's not like very, a Kawhi. It's it, but it, it's not like a Kawhi, but it's just nothing. It's, right. It, but it's it, like low key almost. Yeah. Embiid is Embiid is very performative and like 
which is awesome. I love it. But yeah. I just, I, I just think that definitely appeals to people who are voting a lot more. Um, yeah. All right. So we sort of hit the suns already. So I think we can just skip towards this JJ Reddick stuff. Um, yeah. Who? This is all you, man. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't talked about the Pelicans. I've, I've really restrained myself talking about them this year on this podcast, if any of you have noticed. Um, I haven't really talked about them like, at all. Um, one, because usually we try to talk about the contending teams unless like something really catches our eye. Um, and the Pelicans are certainly not that. They probably won't even make the play-in game at this point. Um, and that's another reason. But um, So J.J. Redick got traded to Dallas. We talked about it last week. Um, Pelicans had him for two years, the better part of two years at least. Um, and he said on his podcast with Tommy Alter, I forget what it's called. Um, he used to have one with the ringer, but he has a new one now. Um, he said that David Griffin, Pelicans GM, um, essentially promised him that he would go to con- – a contender and for JJ when he heard when he heard contender he immediately thought Brooklyn because his family lives in Brooklyn he also lives in Brooklyn like it's a it's a situation where he like he's flying back and forth like all the time um yeah and so he's like of course I'm, I'm gonna go to the Nets I'm gonna win a title um because they're the prohibitive favorite and it's gonna be great and Griffin goes ahead trades him to the Mavs who not quite a contender they're gonna they can make it Make it to the second round. It's probably their ceiling, um, I would say. Um, and so he was very critical about um, the Pelicans front office, said there's not a lot of honesty there, um, and just sort of went off on them. You can, you can look all this stuff up if you want. I don't have all of it, um, and it would take me forever to read. But um, it was just – he had just a lot to say. Um, and then my thought was, okay, but – Okay, if the Griffin stuff is true, which it could be, um, unless 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 Griffin literally said, "I'm going to trade you to the Nets," yeah, and then didn't, or maybe he maybe he was saying, "I'm going to buy you out and trade you to the Nets," which I think is what JJ was getting at, because that seems more more like the agreement that they wanted. But um, if you're a GM. And you're running the business of this team, essentially. Um, why would you buy out JJ when we're a young team still? We need, we want assets back from Dallas, and we got a few. Um, why would we buy him out instead of trading him for assets? That part I don't get. And also, Red Act has been injured a lot. He just hasn't been very good for us. It's been definitely underwhelming since he's signed here. It's kind of it's kind of like a situation like, what have you done for us? Um, I don't think – I think he should understand being in the league for so long that it's a business. He's been bouncing around. He's basically been a hired gun ever since he left the Clippers. Um, and I just don't think he should, like, expect loyalty from these franchises when he really hasn't been doing the same thing. Um, and they yeah, like it wasn't like a case where he's been with the team for like seven, eight years, right? Yeah, it's not like a Kyle Lowry thing where it's like you're yeah. the face of the franchise for so long. I just don't, I, I thought it was just very weird. And uh, they talked about it in the jump, um, with Rachel Nichols, um, and Richard Jefferson and Robert Ori actually were just totally sounding off on JJ as well, which is not what you would expect. You would think they would side with the former player, but um, yeah, they. 
they were totally on my side. I just thought that was weird. I wanted to bring that up because um, that was that was one of the stranger things on Twitter, NBA Twitter this week, um, as well as the the KD stuff about Michael Rappaport telling him to meet him in a steakhouse in New York at ten in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, Yes, and it's only going to get wilder as the playoffs ramp up. March Madness will be wrapped up by the time we do this next, in all likelihood, because the championship is going to be Monday. So, um, yeah, NBA is about to heat up because I don't care about baseball, and I'm guessing a lot of most of you don't either. So, uh, (laughs) unless you're a really, really passionate um, fan of like college baseball, um, NBA's or baseball, I guess NBA is going to be King for a while now. Um, we'll go on till the summer, but it's heating up and next week we'll be back, um, to talk about whatever it is catches our eye. Um, potentially if the bucks continue to climb and some of these other marquee games that are coming up, but, um, yeah, so look out for that. Also, uh, I just wanted to throw out there, that, and I, I know you mentioned it last time, but like I love the fact that like this playoff race is happening after March Madness, whereas like right now we'd be like gearing up for the playoffs and right yeah, right now usually right now there'd be about like two weeks left in the season, and yeah. each team have like nine or so games, and the, the seating would be crazy like this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, it's great that the NBA has found. Um, their sort of sweet spot here, I think. And I, I, I oh, yeah. love having pretty much we're getting the entire playoffs in the summer. Like the play-in games are going to be like May, I think, 18th. Yeah. Somewhere around there. And the playoffs start like three days later. So uh, most people are pretty much out of school by then, especially if you're in college. Um, and you're, you're getting at least the entirety of the second round being in June. So that, that is great news for everyone. So, um, yeah, I, I hope all of you tune into that. So, all right, we'll be back next week.